welcome to the Soar Community Network podcast with your host, Malie Ponpadit. Here, inside our community, we help each other see, own, articulate, and release our unique message and mission into the world. Uncover your gifts and talents, release your passions, own your purpose, and let's soar together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. I am your host, Mali Ponpadit, and today I have Angelique Ayala with us. Angelique is a financial representative with Capital Financial Partners. Uh, she is a graduate from George Mason University, and she majored, majored in finance with a minor in economics. She is the founder of an organization called Dear Divorcee, which provides social and educational events for women dealing with divorce. Angelique got into the financial planning business because she has personally seen the impact that a lack of financial education can have on a family. She wishes to educate those around her so they can make educated, deliberate decisions as opposed to leaving theirs and their family's financial future up to chance. So thank you so much for being with us, Angelique. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I know that we've been trying to get you on uh, the podcast for a while now, and I really want us to dive right into, again, the reason behind why you chose financial planning, um, financial representation for your clients. What led you to want to support families in this way? Yes, that's a great question. Um, kind of leading back to my bio, you know, my parents unfortunately, and they'll, they'll kill me for saying this, but, but they're the prime example of what not to do with your finances. Um, so when they got divorced, you know, their, both of their financial worlds just kind of fell apart. And having that be, you know, they each had to obviously go their separate ways. You know, my mom got into a house that she couldn't afford, um, trying to keep my sister and I in the same school district. And over time, she could, obviously she couldn't afford it, so she ended up racking so much debt that she had to file for bankruptcy. You know, and my dad also had to file. And, and I just know that if they had planned a little better while they were together, um, then the divorce would have impacted them, but but not so hard. You know, and the impact that that's had on you know my sister and I growing up, not being able to do certain things um, that perhaps we would have been able to do otherwise. I just know that all of it could have been prevented and they'd be in a better situation now if they would have made some better decisions along the way. Um, and speaking where they are now, you know, they're nearing retirement and they're nowhere near where they need to be in order to live a happy, successful retirement. Um, and unfortunately, I see it all the time with clients and whatnot. So just trying to get out there and educate people so that them themselves, but also their families aren't feeling the stress and anxiety um, that they could that they could prevent. I think you said a, a wonderful word. You know, I had a financial practice for seven years myself, and I do understand how important it is to educate our clients more so than anything else. Of course, there are products to be sold and you know planning to be done, uh, but it comes down to empowering the client so they make the best decision. Uh, with your recommendations, they should ask more questions, right? So how are you um, able to really go out into the world 
uh, in the financial realm and educate your clients? What kinds of things are you offering and doing in that in that perspective? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so I do a lot of workshops and different seminars. Um, I do a couple webinars here and there, but really I just try to get out there and create relationships with people. Um, do a lot of what we're doing now, you know, just having a conversation and, and trying to educate people about the true impact that planning has, whether, you know, that's retirement planning, whether it's for college, um, whether it's just protecting your family from a financial standpoint. I think there's just a lack of education out there. And it's not that people don't want to know. It's just that they don't know what they don't know. And so I just try to get out there, create relationships, you know, talk to people, whether that's directly for themselves or, or indirectly. And then eventually, you know, the circle just comes back around and maybe the person I talk to knows somebody that could benefit from the information we talked about. Now, what are some of the um, most common questions you get from clients and potential clients about planning, about their financial future. Uh, so that's one question. What are some of the common questions? And what are some of the common challenges or fears that people have when they come to you? So everything that a person does between now and, you know, the end of their working career really leads to retirement. And the, in the amount of income that they can have in retirement. So I'd say the biggest question that I get is how much do I need to retire and how long is that going to last me? So I'd say two, those are the two biggest questions. Um, and that relates exactly to the fear of running out of money. You know, most people just, they maybe they're saving for retirement, but they ultimately don't know what that's going to bring them in retirement. You know, they don't know if they're saving enough. They don't know if it's in, if it's in the right places, if they could be more efficient. And they don't know how long it'll last them to the point where they may run out. So I think those are the biggest questions that I have because every, or not everyone, but most people are afraid of running out of money, you know, before the end of their life. Mm-hmm. Now, you obviously have kind of a diverse um, diverse network of clients, right? So you have some that may be just starting off. You have mm-hmm. others that are well-established and doing quite well financially. For those that are doing well and they have the income and maybe even extra, as we call it, you know, disposable income, what are some of their challenges or concerns? Because, you know, we often think about planning and security as people who may just be starting off and they don't know what to do with their money. But there are quite a, um, a very educated group of planners and they are aware of what they want and desire, but, you know, they, they want other options and choices. So do you get a lot of those clients and what kinds of uh, questions or concerns do they have? Yeah, it's a great question. So for people that, like you said, are a little more educated in that realm, I'd say they move on to to different topics. I mean, sometimes retirement income is still a question for them. You know, they're living typically a higher lifestyle, so they want to maintain that within the retirement. But I think a bigger part of their mentality is focused around their taxes and legacy for their families. You know, so how can they save taxes, whether it's today or in the future, you know, everybody wants to reduce their taxes today. Who doesn't? Right. <laughs> um, but part of it is, is looking at 
where taxes are relative now compared to where they could be in the future and helping them plan around that. Um, and then obviously leaving a legacy or some sort of, um, whether it's money or, or assets or, you know, paintings, things behind for their family to remember them by. So I'd say that's typically where they're more focused. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit from the practice to really the the actual running of a business because when you mm-hmm. have your own practice, obviously there you have a, a nice um, support system behind you because you represent a firm. However, the day-to-day stuff, the operational stuff, you know, I experienced this when I had my practice. You really are a business owner. You're an entrepreneur. You're running your own ship, if you will. And so my question to you is, you know, how how does that work for you and how have you been able to navigate all the things that comes with business ownership? Yeah, well, like any business, you know, every day is interesting. <laughs> um, it's not easy to say the least, um, but but it has to be done. So whether that's managing the marketing, you know, picking up ideas from other people or, you know, I have a business coach and working with them to just get to where I want to be, whether that's marketing, practice management, you know, what we call event control. So just managing the things that kind of pop up that you weren't expecting. Um, I'd say one thing that our firm does a very good job of is having uh, what we call uh, we call them WAM partners, (laughs) (laughs) but it's basically an accountability partner. You know, so so we all team up together and just hold each other accountable to different things. That way we're staying on top of what what needs to be done. Um, one thing I also strongly utilize is 12-week year. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's basically a program that, uh, that allows you to input what needs to be done week by week for 12 weeks. You know, and, and the purpose of that is to just make sure that you're staying on top of things so you're not looking at you know, a full year ahead of you saying, oh, I have time, I have time, I have time, when really, you know, things need to be done today as opposed to procrastinating. So I think just the accountability aspect of it, you know, has been huge. Um, And luckily, we have a great culture at the firm where we all work together, you know, whether that's for clients, whether that's for, you know, accountability and practice management, um, whether that's trainings, you know, we all work together in in helping each other succeed. So I think that's been a huge part of the success in my practice. Well, that's a great segue into my next question about support and community. So in the world of business ownership or running your practice, one thing that is very important, at least from my experience, and also want to put this on, on, on your plate to think about or to share, is how important is it to have a support staff in terms of success and being able to serve your clients in the best possible way and strategic partnerships because there's so many moving parts to helping somebody uh, feel financially secure and feel abundant and feel wealthy. Uh, You have the estate planning piece, you have the day-to-day savings, you have retirement investments, there's so many pieces. So how are you able to basically serve your clients holistically? So... That leads back um, to where I started within the financial planning industry and and where I got the importance of having a team, right? So I started with a little boutique investment firm. Um, It was just myself and the owner of the firm, and then we had um, an office assistant. 
And what I learned there is you can't do everything by yourself. Right. <laughs> um, it's just it's just not possible in order to, like you said, be doing the best work for your clients. So when I switched over here, one of the things that actually drew me to Capital Financial Partners is that we have we have the compliance department. You know, we have people that help us process applications. Um, we have our home office with Mass Mutual. You know, now we're not captive to them, but they provide a team of resources that we're able to work with and call up if we have questions. So that's always a nice backing. Um, and then we also have a whole investment department where if we have questions there, whether it's on certain funds, whether it's on, you know, a whole portfolio, um, we could even outsource the investment management, you know, if that's how we choose to run our practice. So there's a lot of different options and different resources just within the company. And then, like you said, I've created partnerships with estate planners, you know, property and casualty firms, mortgage advisors, just a whole team of resources because it all works together. You know, I think there's a lot of advisors out there that only look at investments or only look at what they do as opposed to a full financial picture. Um, when that kind of creates gaps because they need to make sure that their plan is, is in accordance with the estate planners or in accordance, you know, with the mortgage and how that's playing into everything else that they're doing. So I'd say it's super important, you know, just to have that team of resources that you trust and believe in. Um, that way, you know, if, if I pass off a client to another advisor or another representative, I know that they're being well taken care of. Now, what do you value most about what you do and who you serve? What is it that you absolutely love about um, having this practice? The thing that I absolutely love is giving people a peace of mind, you know, because the I think there's when there's a lack of clarity and education on what needs to be done and about being on the right path um, for the goals that you're trying to reach or the concerns that you're looking to solve, it gives people a lot of fear and anxiety. And so when I can educate them and help them make the best decisions for them, just seeing the peace of mind that comes over them and the, the weight that's lifted off their shoulders, that's that like does enough in itself. And so how has this also given you peace of mind um, as it relates to your history and your past and your experience? I mean, just knowing on a day-to-day -day that you're offering the sense of knowledge and empowering your clients, I mean, how does that trigger some of the personal things that you used to feel or have experienced in the past, and how has that helped to move you forward? Well, I mean, the, the knowledge in itself of of knowing what I need to do financially, you know, is great too. Um, so that's helped me in that sense and in making sure that I don't follow the footsteps necessarily that my parents did. Um, and just helping other people make better decisions and helping my parents, you know, try to rebuild where they're from. Um, that gives me a peace of mind as well. You know, I can, I can put my head on my pillow and sleep peacefully every night knowing that that I'm making a difference in people's lives. Um, so does that answer your question? Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> so now as we're talking about, again, building a business, building a practice, um, one thing that I always love talking about is relationships. You know, how important is uh, relationship building in your practice? And, of course, in financial services, 
it's very important. It's critical because the trust mm-hmm. has to be there immediately from the start. So the next question would be then, how have you been able to develop lasting relationships uh, instead of just transactional relationships with clients where they come to you for more than just one transaction or one need? And how have you been able to build your practice in terms of getting referrals, going out to network? So this is just to help with those that are building their own practices out there and maybe challenged with uh, growth. Yeah, sure. So I've, I've always been more of a relationship oriented person anyways, um, just growing up. So for me, it was pretty easy transition in terms of my practice. Um, I don't really see myself as being salesy, you know, so that's where I think the relationships have, have come into a huge play. Um, I think the biggest thing with relationship building is just showing interest and learning more about other people you know, and genuinely being happy for them and interested in what they're doing. And then in return, it'll come back around, you know. So when you find people that really mirror, you know, who you are, that you enjoy being around or that you just have a good time with, it doesn't always have to be um, like career focused or work focused originally. You know, that'll come around once you have the relationship in place. So I really just try to find people that I enjoy being around and then and then business comes. Um, what I would the advice I would give to people, you know, starting their practice is just stay top of mind. I think that's another thing as well. So just put yourself out there as a resource, whether that's for strategic partnerships or whether that's for your clients um, with clients, I think focusing on education is what's given me all the referrals and in the relationships as opposed to, you know, just the transactions. Um, they know that if I don't know something, you know, then I'll find out for them or I'll send them to the right person. Um, but we, when they first sit down with us, we just talk about a whole bunch of different things from a broad scope and then narrow it down to, to what they're really focused on and obviously just doing quarterly reviews, semi-annual reviews, and annual reviews, um, that's when they kind of learn, you know, if they don't remember originally what we do, then those that gives them time to ask us other questions as different things are coming up in their lives. That's great. That's great. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the group that you founded. Can you sure. can you share what the inspiration was behind that? Of course, I mean, obviously, you have your family as an inspiration, your experience. But what made you decide that that was needed and um, and that you should launch this? Yeah, sure. So um, I've been through a divorce myself, you know, and obviously my parents have been divorced. And so I just naturally started attracting, you know, divorcing clients to my practice as specifically women. And what I found over time is that they didn't have other divorced friends. You know, it's not like Sex in the City where, where all the women <laughs> hang out together. Um, it was more so them feeling lonely or they had their friends, but they were still married. So either they stopped getting invited or they felt like, you know, a third or fifth wheel. And so um, one day I just decided to get everyone together for brunch you know, so I sent an invitation out to all my clients and, and I actually had a really good turnout, <laughs> which I was a little surprised about. Um, but we just started doing different events together. And then I realized that there was such a need and that I should open it up to the community. So that's how Dear Divorcee started. 
Um, I just threw it up, threw it up on Meetup and started attracting so many other women. And we've all had a great time since. So what kinds of activities can you give us examples? Like when you get together, um, are there just conversations or do you do happy hours? Are they social events? Give us some examples of some of the gatherings. Sure. So we do, we do workshops. Um, we do happy hours. We do other activities. So I think the biggest one is for the workshop side is what they call second Saturday. So it's for people that are starting the divorce process. Um, it's myself, an attorney, a real estate agent, and a therapist. And we basically just give women a whole rundown of what to expect, you know, as they're moving through the divorce process. And then I personally have another workshop that's that are that's for women that are either at the end or have already been divorced, you know, and they're just not sure what to do next with their finances. Um, so those are two of the workshops that are every month. Now, when we do special events, I try to combine, you know, education and social events. So we've done a happy hour where we had an attorney come speak for free, you know, so basically the women interrogated him with questions, <laughs> um, which they loved because, you know, attorneys aren't cheap, uh, but it allowed them to get a lot of their questions answered. And obviously they had wine and stuff to, to have a good time too. But then we also do just solely social events like top golf we've done that we do movie events um we have a winery event coming up so we we try to do a mix of different things just to meet the needs of of everyone in the group um and typically i i plan the events based on suggestions so if we're at one event i'll ask the group you know that's there what 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 are some things that you guys would want to do moving forward and they'll give me ideas and insight and then we go ahead and, and plan it from there now, what happens when there's a gentleman that, that is going through a divorce and is looking for support? <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good question. We've had a couple. Um, unfortunately, they're not able to attend the group, but I will sit down with them one-on-one -on -one if they want financial advice um, or if, they, if they're looking for an event similar to Second Saturday. I know of other workshops that are out there, so I typically just point them to the resources that they're looking for. Right. Well, then what excites you about the future of your practice? Um, you know, what are you looking forward to? Are there anything uh, coming up that you want to kind of share and, and announce to our audience? Yeah. So what excites me is just how much my practice is growing and and how much your divorcee is growing. You know, I'm I'm speaking and doing a lot of lunch and learns to a lot of different law offices in the area, which is neat because they, as much as they know the basics of finances, they don't know a lot about financial planning. Mm -hmm. um, so just getting out and educating them as well so that they can provide more value to their clients. Um, so that's been exciting, you know, just kind of branching that and growing it from there because in return, you know, they send more ladies, <laughs> you know, to, to your divorcee. Um, in terms of events, you know, we, like I said, we have the, a winery event coming up on Saturday, uh, July 22nd. So that, that'll be on meetup today. Um, if, if anyone wants to come out to that, but, but apart from that, I mean, I'm just always open to meeting people one-on-one, -on -one, whether that's, you know, business wise or whether that's just to get acquainted and, and see how we can benefit from knowing from there. Now, 
for those that have been planning for themselves, you know, they have their spreadsheets, they have their way of kind of calculating what they want to save, and they've never worked with a financial representative before. They never reached out to have somebody that's basically on their team looking out for them. Um, they may be maybe concerned or don't know what to ask or don't know who to go to. Um, what are some of the um, things that you would like to say to those folks, you know, in terms of getting the support that they need, hiring someone to be their financial uh, planner or representative? I think one of the biggest myths about financial advisors is that we're really expensive, you know, so, right. so I, that's, always the first thing that I tell people and maybe some advisors are but what I would say to people that have been doing it themselves is just ask you know how much how much we get paid or, or how our pay structure works um, I know some people you know charge per hour I personally don't you know I get paid through the companies that I work with so I think it's just a matter of finding the pay structure or the pricing structure that works for each individual some people like to pay per hour. Some people don't want to pay up front. They just want information. And then from there, you know, they, you know, they would, they don't mind paying if there's value that's, that's been presented. So I'd say just ask, you know, what the, I guess what the pricing model is, um, ask which companies they work with. You know, some advisors can only work with specific companies, whereas other advisors like like myself and my firm, we can work with relatively any company out there, you know, so that's always an important question. Um, and just ask what the process is because different people have different processes. Um, so I'd say those are the, the three most important questions. And, and there's not like one size fits all, you know, it's just a matter of, of finding what's right for you. And, and actually let me add a fourth question is, is what do they focus on? You know, so some people only do insurance, some people only do investments, some people do both, but they don't look at everything holistically. So just, or, and then there's obviously people that do it all. So I think that's also a very important question in terms of what people are looking for. That's great. Well, you know, I think that you've actually answered all the questions that I'm assuming the audience uh, would want <laughs> to know about um, having someone in, in front of them or listening to someone who's in the financial world. Now, are there any other things that you might want our audience to be thinking about in terms of their financial future? Um, I think the only thing that, that I have left to say is don't like, don't fear your financial future. You know, I think there's so many people that are too afraid to look at their finances. Um, so they just kind of go into denial, you know, but, but the best day to start, you know, apart from yesterday is today. So if it's something that you've been thinking about, or, you know, that you need to think about, just take this step and at least talk to somebody, you know, it never hurts to have a conversation and if you find after that conversation that you're happy where things are, then at least you know that from a place of education or, or knowledge as opposed to just assuming you're being in denial. Um, and I speak to that, obviously, because of my parents. You know? right. so, so I'd say just take that step and at least having a conversation with someone, you know, and then if you feel like like you can move forward from there, that's great. And if not, then then at least you took a step forward. Well, and I also think that our fears 
often are greater than the reality. And because our fears are so big, we put things aside or we sweep them under the rug or we kind of just avoid them until they become this huge monstrous thing, which we've manifested because we've let the fear allow us to keep pushing it under the rug. So I think just facing our fears and looking at it and getting the support and educated folks that really studied this stuff or have experience in knowing how to navigate it makes a huge difference. You know, there's a lot of things that can be avoided just by asking the right questions and letting go of the fear and opening up our minds and hearts to other possibilities. Uh, so, you know, I really appreciate you saying that because I think that's what happens in the human brain. You know, we get scared of the unknown and we assume the worst. Mm -hmm. I agree with that completely. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I'd love for our audience to learn more about you and find you. So how um, can they actually contact you and get a hold of you? Yeah, sure. So the best way um, is always by my cell phone or email. Uh, Do I need to list them? Yes, please. Go ahead. I will post them as well, but go ahead and and, and share them. Okay, sure. So my number is 703-868- 0304 and my email is angelique ayala at financialguide.com um then i have you know a linkedin page that's another great way to reach me and a personal website which is angelique ayala.weebly.com great well we'll post all that so our audience will have easy access to to it but if they're listening now and they want to actually write it down they can as well so again i really appreciate your time today great insights thanks for sharing your journey your personal journey with us and what's motivated you to move in this direction in terms of your career and your practice and i appreciate that um you really are doing what is inside of you to do and you're passionate about that Yeah, well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it again. Absolutely. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and joining us for another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. We appreciate you as always, and we'll be speaking to you real soon. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of SOAR Podcast. Join us by visiting SOARcommunitynetwork.com.